I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's June 17, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 91. In this episode, I'll be talking about eating low carbs and how you can frame it in a way or just your meal timing where you still have energy for your workouts and for your life overall. So I'll go over the smartest way to do that. And then I'll go over the pros and cons of taking some time off from the gym. We all go through this, so I'll talk about that one in depth. It's not the end of the world. If you take some time off of the gym, you may even find that it's like could even be beneficial for you in the long term. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host on Instagram, it's Isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the most beneficial supplements out there that you can take on a daily basis is creatine. It's not whey protein powder. It's not caffeine, although some of you may be dependent on that drug, and it's definitely not your pre-workout powder. We're talking about creatine. Now, most people hear that and quickly attach these negative connotations to creatine, but the research really doesn't show that it's harmful. It's actually one of the best supplements out there because it helps with your health in a bunch of different ways, plus it has minimal side effects. Of course, we already know the muscle building potential when it comes to creatine. It's nowhere close to the benefits that actual steroids will get you. But in terms of all the legal supplements you can think of that are out there, creatine is one of the most backed ones, showing improvements in strength and muscle mass or increases to lean body mass. This is one that works. It's not going to be those test boosters or those weight loss pills that'll get you the most results. Creatine is literally at the top of the pyramid when it comes to supplements. So we know that creatine helps you with growing your muscles, improving strength, helping with recovery. Most people have heard those before, and they're a great sign. But there are so many other benefits to taking creatine, which is what has been shown in the research over the past couple of years. It's really been the gold standard of supplements since just the 90s, actually, which might be why my mom has no clue what it is. Some research has shown that uh, it could even be beneficial for your brain, Creatine can give it more energy, which could improve memory and intelligence in some cases, especially if you're vegan. Uh, This becomes even more important of a supplement because your intake is probably near zero if you're not consuming meat products that naturally actually does contain trace amounts of creatine. It could even help fight off some neurological diseases and could also impact other factors in a beneficial way like blood sugar levels, but some more human studies need to be done in these cases. Yes, when you start it, you may notice a bit of weight gain. No, it doesn't cause you to bloat or get fat. Uh, The water weight that you gain once you start loading your body with creatine, uh, it it goes pretty much directly to your muscles. It's not like you've gained one or two pounds or whatever it may be in places you don't want it to go. It literally fills up your muscles, which, like the rest of the human body, is mostly made up of water. 
It's looking more and more likely that this is going to become a supplement that over 90% of the population will want to take, like like basically like a multi because of all the benefits from it. It's not just a muscle building supplement anymore. Now, personally, oh geez, I have the tendency to actually forget to take creatine. I know, what kind of example am I setting, right? I think it's because I don't drink shakes every single day anymore, so now I'm having to figure out new ways to remember to take it. So what I've been doing lately is having kefir, or kefir, kefir, I think that's how you pronounce it. So kefir with my blueberries and flax seeds, and that's reminded me to take it. How much should you take? Five grams a day, that's all you need. You don't need to do a loading phase in most cases. Back in the day, I think they said to take 15 to 25 grams a week, or 20, 15 to 25 grams a day for a week or something for proper muscle saturation or whatever they said, but I don't believe that's necessary. That's not necessary though. Okay. Uh, just five grams a day. That'll do the job. Maybe even six or seven grams could be the sweet spot. We still don't know exactly, but five grams right now seems to be the consensus. If your stomach hurts after taking creatine, you can try breaking it up in smaller increments throughout the day. So maybe two and a half grams in the morning and then do another two and a half grams in the afternoon or something. That might help. Remember that creatine is naturally found in meats and it's one of the most studied, I'm pretty sure it's the most studied supplement out there. It's safe for pretty much everyone to take unless you have some kidney problems, liver disease, maybe even diabetes. In those cases, it's best to check with a professional and ask whether it's a good idea to supplement with it first. And one of the best parts about creatine is because, yeah, the most backed form of it, creatine monohydrate, five grams of that every day does the trick. Creatine monohydrate also is really cheap, so like a $20 bottle could last you months. You can take it in powder form, it's flavorless, or I think they have capsules or pills now, which is pretty cool if you like to do that sort of thing. So if you are listening to this, I'm on my mini vacation right now, which is why this episode might be shorter than most of the episodes. Yes, I brought some creatine with me, even though I'll be away from the gym for a few days. But anyways, with the amount of golf and lifting I've done over the past 10 days... I'm glad to be having some time off right now. My body definitely needs a few days to recover from that pounding I've been giving it lately, which was planned. I was planning on working out the past weekend, so basically every day until I leave, but that didn't happen. I remember just feeling exhausted the past weekend, so I was just recovering then. Uh, Monday I did legs crushed, and then Tuesday, which I knew would be my last gym day, I just destroyed upper body. It was like a two-hour grind fest in there. It was, it was amazing. It reminded me of the old days. I was sore for at least, I don't know, I'm going to be sore for probably the, at least the next 24 hours. The workout volume, I wasn't even counting. I just left it all in there. I felt like a kid when I was training <laughs> uh, to the point where I wouldn't even be able to lift my hands after the gym session. I remember, oh, I don't think I've said this story before. One of the first times working out, my buddy put me through this shoulder workout we hit shoulders for like 75 minutes or like 90 minutes, maybe an hour and a half. The next day I couldn't even lift my hands up to like shampoo my head. I had no clue what was going on at the time. I literally had to have my hands in like a prayer position and just dunked my head in there to shampoo my head. I'll never forget that. I thought it was hilarious. See, most of the times this kind of training is seriously just stupid, but if you're taking a few days off and you know that you're going to have lots of time in the future to recover, that's when it's a good time to just add more volume to your workout. 
I was using even machines towards the end because I was just getting exhausted. Just be sure to not injure yourself in there. And I'll talk about one more thing. I won't talk about the finals for hockey and basketball until next week because I'm actually recording this right now on Monday. So hockey Stanley Cup finals hasn't started yet. I think that starts Wednesday. And the basketball series, as far as I know, is still 2-2 two to two between the Celtics and the Warriors. So now you're going to have to listen to me talk about golf for the next few seconds. So I ended up getting some new golf clubs, new to me at least. My uncle bought his own new ones, so I got these hand-me-downs. They're awesome, tailor-made RBZ golf clubs. And RBZ, I googled it, and it stands for Rocket Balls, which, I mean, that's pretty funny. Rocket Balls with a Z. I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, Yeah, they're going to take some getting used to, though. But I think once I get used to them, I might actually play a bit better. My first trip to the range with them went decently well. I do notice a difference in distance and control, which should lower my handicap a bit. At least, I'm hoping it'll help. Question 1. I'm eating low-carb right now. How can I have enough energy for workouts? I'm going through this right now, actually, and I've just been following advice that I'd give anyone else who asked me this, random gym members, or my own clients. If you're trying out a low-carb diet, or you're on one now because you may still be cutting for the summertime... It's pretty common around this time, so if you're on a low-carb diet, it's probably a good idea to have your carbs around your workout before and after. Now, how much you eat before and after, you're going to have to figure that out on your own. What I've been doing is I have pretty much all of my carbs during the day around my workout, so I'll have maybe 40% of my carbs for the day before the workout and another 30% after the workout leaving the other 30% to be spread out throughout the day, basically. Uh, Those are just random numbers I'm throwing out there, but it gives you an idea of what my mindset is like. More than half of my carbs on this low-carb diet, more than half of it is being consumed right around my workout. But it's important important to have carbs before the workout because carbs are energy. They're your friend. They're going to help you push through your workout. I know for sure my carb intake affects my workouts. Training fasted in the morning versus training with at least a banana in my system, for me that even that alone just makes a huge difference. Typically the more carbs the better, of course I'm not going to go overboard with it. You can also eat too much before a workout which could be problematic, especially if it's too close to the workout, like you gotta give yourself maybe at least a half an hour. I know I feel a lot better and have better workouts if I have a decent amount of carbs to get me through it. The first time I had my own experience with training on a low-carb diet was probably around 7 years ago when I was doing my first aggressive cut to try to get some abs for the summer. What a joke that was. I went super low-carb, even lower than what I'm currently doing because, stupidly, I wanted the results to come as fast as possible. And, yeah, that fucked with my head. I had no energy for my own training days, I'd be irritated constantly, and if you know me, I'm a pretty positive, uh, optimistic person, like 95% of the time, but the carbs really affected my performance in the gym, affected my mood outside of the gym, and I just overall felt so much worse. Because when I'd look at myself, the weights I was lifting, or the way I was looking, because I looked completely flat, like I just lost all my gains... So it really does become a mental game when we're talking about a low-carb diet and cutting for, the fir- uh, for a long time. So pay attention to that. 
Don't let your goals get in the way of your mood on a daily basis because that'll in turn affect those around you. And you don't want to be one of those people who are just pissy all the time or losing your temper quickly because you're hangry all the time. So after workouts, it's also good to have carbs. That's going to help tremendously with the recovery process along with the protein you're eating. It really is going to be up to you though, but that's what I suggest on your training days. You have to play around with this and see what works for yourself. On the other days of the week, if you don't work out every single day, you can just have them whenever you want to, split it up evenly throughout the day if that's what you want to do. Something that helps you is to plan ahead of time using a food tracking app of your choice. If a low-carb diet is something you're just starting out and maybe you don't know how to eat intuitively yet. Personally, I would tend to eat more carbs during the day because I'm up and moving and working during the day, so I feel like I have that energy. When I have lower carb meals early in the day, I tend to feel weaker. So what works for me is to have my carbs for my first two meals and my snacks. And then I go either very little or no carbs for dinner. Dinner would be my lowest carb meal usually. That's what works for me and I feel best doing it that way. It also helps not having carbs before bed in terms of possible behavioral and food choices that tend to happen in the nighttime. For some people, though, it may be the opposite. You just got to experiment with it a little bit to see what works for you. My suggestion would be to have your carbs around your workouts on the days where you do lift, and then the other days doesn't matter much, really. Just because you're eating low-carb doesn't mean that's all you should be focused on. Doing a diet like this, it means it'll be even more important to watch your protein intake. This is going to keep you fuller for a longer amount of time so that you're not getting those cravings to eat again. So if you're currently running a low-carb diet, I think that should help a bit. Plan your carb meals around your workouts so you'll be able to perform better and recover quicker also. On your off days, I don't think it matters much. It's probably a better idea though to have your carb meals earlier in the day so that you'll have energy and less mood fluctuations during the day. It just becomes a bit easier to stick to. Don't forget to drink water too, and get your protein in too. Those will help you stay fuller for a longer amount of time, so it could reduce those cravings you might get. Question 2. Pros and cons of taking time off of the gym. I selfishly chose this question since I can really just speak on my own experiences with this one, since I'm taking some time off right now just for this week. Some people are going to say, oh man, there's no good reason to skip any gym session. You gotta get in there. Go hard. No pain, no gain. Leave it all in there. If the bar ain't bending, you're just pretending. Okay, that's my favorite one to say, actually. Okay, this is crazy talk, though. Going hard in the gym every day, in most cases, is not going to get you the results you're looking for. There might not be enough attention placed on the recovery process. I mean, think about it like this. I remember my college professor, he told the class this one, and it stuck with me. It was something like, um, you can't just go into the gym all day, and at the end of the day, you've all of a sudden packed on an inch on your bicep or have the best chest ever. It doesn't work like that. You don't grow when you're in there. This is a long-term process in order to sculpt your physique. It doesn't happen overnight or with the workouts where you're doing two or three a days of hitting the same muscle. Even if you're enhanced, that's still probably not the best route. So that leads us into our first point on the pro side of taking some time off of the gym. A pro or something positive from taking time away from the gym would be that you can recover from those little micro tears you gave your muscles. You give your body that time to relax, recover, and the systems to just not overload itself with the constant strain you put on it every single day. Another reason to take some off days, you'll also get resensitized to muscle building and growth when you get back into the gym. 
You might experience some doms after a week off the gym. I fully expect that to happen when I'm back to the gym this coming Monday. I'll be a bit more sore after my first workout back, I'm sure of it. They've already done studies where they compared people who work out every day or most days of the week, like four to six days of the week, and they did that for, I don't know, four to six months straight or something, and then they compared the, uh, compared those people to people who worked out also the same days per week, but having one week off every month. The result? Both groups actually made similar lean muscle mass gains, body fat losses, and strength increases, so you really can take days off or even a week off without seeing a significant decline in your gym performance or with the way you're looking. Another positive from being away from the gym is that I like that I'm free to do other activities. Yeah, I'm away from the gym, but who cares? That's just one form of activity. It doesn't always just have to be lifting when we're talking about exercise. Yes, it's likely the best thing to do if we're talking about long-term weight loss, health benefits, all that good stuff, but getting out and trying other new activities could open up a world of possibilities there. That could mean going on a short hike near you, enjoying nature, could mean going for a bike ride or a walk around the neighborhood, maybe trying a new sport, go out and have some fun out there. It's good to change the scenery a little bit sometimes. For my own off week, I'm probably going to be playing a few rounds of golf gotta enjoy the summer weather when i can because it'll be gone before you know it even though summer still hasn't officially started yet even mentally you may need some time off this happens to all of us especially if you started out working out in the gym because you had a lot of fire and motivation when you started out you may notice things like fatigue poor performance and lack of motivation these are signs when it's time to take some time off of the gym even if it's just a few days Take some time away so that you can miss it a little bit, basically. If you notice a lack of progress or just a stall in your training, that could mean some days off would be necessary. Come back fresh and you should be prepared and amped up to hit the gym again. So those are some of the pros I listed down here and what are the cons or negatives when it comes to being away from the gym. Probably the biggest concern all the gym bros have is that you may lose a bit of strength and muscle. Again, this is not a big deal if you're taking only a week off or something because you'll maybe just need one session to get back into it. You won't lose all your muscle not working out for a few days. Probably even up to two or three weeks, you might be fine. You may not even notice a difference. Now, longer than three weeks or so, you'll lose more strength, but it comes back quicker than when you first built up your strength. So give yourself a bit of time to get back to whatever weights you were hitting before. Remember what we call muscle memory, which is basically saying that it's easier to gain back muscle and strength that you already had, as opposed to building completely new muscle and strength. Another tough part about being away from the gym, especially if you're still someone who hasn't gotten into a solid routine, or you don't really find exercise to be enjoyable right now, well, if it was tough for you to be consistent with training before, time off could make that habit fall out of favor again. So be careful when taking a break. Pay attention to it and make sure that it doesn't become a long, extended break where you're, again, you're wondering when you're going to find time to work out or exercise. I already mentioned it, but yeah, you may need to spend a session gaining back strength and maybe even just relearning the movement again. It's kind of like taking a tiny step back there, but that's okay. It might take you a week or two to get back to that solid squat form where you're feeling, you know, fully in control of your movement. Again, that's okay. Even just practicing movements brings its own benefits. Some signs that you may need some time off of the gym, even though you think you might not need to because you have this attitude about the more you put in, then the better results you'll get. That's true to a certain extent. 
okay? That's not true in all cases. So if you're someone who's lacking in energy, so if you're feeling weak, it may be a sign that your body's trying to tell you. This happens to me quite frequently, actually. I planned on working out Monday to Friday, so five days in a row with only weekends off, but sometimes I'll listen to my body throughout the week, and sometimes I'm feeling weak, like I'm not recovered, or I'm still sore in some areas, so I'll give myself an extra day of rest and recovery. This is how you should approach your own training. It's a lot smarter. If there's a day you need to miss, you can still make it useful by doing mobility drills. You can still go to the gym, just practice certain movements. This might not be taking a week off of the gym, but it might mean taking unscheduled or unplanned days off of lifting, which is necessary once you learn to listen to what your body is telling you. If you have signs of overtraining, which are similar to what I just talked about, then it would also be a good idea to take some time away from the gym. Again, that'll give your body time to heal up and repair itself to build stronger than it was before. All in all, it's a good strategy to work in some off days during the week. Active recovery, though, I talk about that pretty often, is that's a way to speed up the recovery process and can actually lead to more long-term and sustainable gains. If you experience some of those symptoms, then taking some days off the gym will be beneficial uh, for you. I've been taking the weekends off the gym for this year, and I've noticed that by the time Monday comes, I'm fired up for my training. Plus, I've made more progress now than I have with most of my training throughout the years, even compared to times where I would do uh, six or seven days a week of training. So don't just think that you being away from the gym is going to automatically cause your gains to just disappear. That couldn't be further from the truth. Time away from the gym Especially if you're someone who's super into fitness and has that type A personality where you're just thinking, go, go, go. Taking some time off could actually be exactly what you need to keep making progress going forward. And that concludes episode 91 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.